Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners. So today on the podcast, we are having a very important discussion, very relevant to the times. And the big question that a lot of people are probably asking themselves is, is the brick and mortar business dead? So my guest today is Patty Mara, and we're going to dive right into this. So welcome to the show. Fabulous, Madeline. Thank you for having me. I always like to start off the podcast first by building a little bit of context and letting people kind of get to know you a little bit. So maybe you could start off by uh, telling us a little bit about you. Absolutely. Well, so I'm a business coach, and I've been coaching entrepreneurs and their teams uh, for over 25 years. Um, started off really as customer service uh, training. I was known for being able to engage teams and deliver customer service training. And, and that evolved, of course, in the customer experience. And over the last, I'd say I started an online program called The Profit Generator about 12, 13 years ago. And that was turning your customer experience into profit. It was helping businesses realign their business. And then uh, that took me into working a lot. For, I spent about 10 years working almost exclusively with independently owned pharmacies. And that was interesting because, uh, especially in the States, they're being so heavily commoditized. They literally have an unfair market. So if they think what they sell are medications, they're going out of business. If they think what they sell is health care and health support for their patients, they're thriving. And there's a really, you know, dramatic difference in the outcome based on how they position and think about their business. So that's really what I do. I'm a, I'm a business reinvention strategist, if you will, that, um, you know, and, and of course now it's even more relevant because, you know, all of the change that we're dealing with right now, uh, you keep hearing everyone talk about the crisis and we're in a period of chaos and all the patterns are interrupted and we're, look, we're trying to figure out getting to the new normal. Well, that takes really thinking about your business differently. So this is kind of, uh, I, you know, I feel like I've literally talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs in the last couple of months and all over the spectrum, essential services expanding, you know, minimally operating and businesses that literally had their entire business model shut down overnight. And what I, what I see is that the current um, business crisis that we're in out of the global pandemic is, has accelerated trends that were already happening. So it didn't start new, it actually accelerated and what I see, the main trend for business is a shift to customer-centric solution-based business. If you think your business is what you sell, you're being commoditized. You have to shift how you think about your business and focus on the results you produce, the solutions you provide, and building relationships. 
Yeah, I can't wait to dive, you know, deeper into this, uh, you know, this topic, because, you know, if we're thinking about living a better life, well, I mean, we also have to think about, you know, there's, there's business owners and, um, you know, companies and people and like, you know, you know, financial, um, you know, purpose, all of these things are such big parts of our lives. And to have that all of a sudden, just like, totally turned upside down. Um, you know, like, how does one live a better life moving forward? Like, how do we think about all of this, right? And especially um, myself being brick and mortar, you know, uh, a lot of people right now, um, you know, are shutting down businesses, like for good, a lot of people are just like hanging on by the threads of their, you know, pants, and then you got people that are thriving. And, you know, the people who are still somewhat operating or are completely shut are starting to ask themselves like, is this the end of the brick and mortar? And I'm curious as to your thoughts about that. I so appreciate you asking that question and putting it out there. I keep hearing, I was just, I was having a conversation last week and one of the business mentors that I follow is Peter Diamandis. Brilliant, 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 brilliant guy. You know, just came up with his third book. Uh, brilliant thinker. And he keeps saying brick and mortar's dead, brick and mortar's dead. And I'm like, like a hundred percent. I respect you. I think you're brilliant. I a hundred percent disagree. And I've got many, many examples of that. I actually think there's going to be a revitalization of brick and mortar, especially locally community owned businesses. However, it will, that people have to think about them differently. Let me give you a couple of examples. I would love that. <laughs> Perfect. There, a good, good friend of mine, um, Barb Spears, launched 18 months ago, launched her um, pet food boutique business and uh, in a small town, Acton, for people that you know are in the Toronto area, very small town, servicing the local rural and small towns in the area. So it's a high end. She offers high end, um, nutritionally based, not the stuff you're going to find in the grocery store, which as a general rule, you shouldn't feed your animal and um and she's also she you know is a canine nutritionist so so she opens her store brick and mortar everyone is saying you can't open you can't open brick and mortar and so she opens the store but she's very involved in the community she's not opening opening the doors and waiting for people to come to her and that's a key difference we are in a different time so she got involved in the local bia she went to all the farmers markets and the festivals um, you know, she had special events. She's got a Facebook page. She got involved in all of the local community Facebook groups. You know, Georgetown Acton have a tell and sell that's a local community group. She's posting in that. She's engaging with people. Um, and when the shutdown happened, when the shutdown happened in March, so that she's an essential service. So she stayed open, but she sells high-end food, which often that's where people make a change as soon as they feel like their budgets, they're uncertain about finances. And her business is steadily expanding. In fact, she's just opened her second location in Guelph. How did she do it? She stayed in contact, posted all the time. Uh, she closed the store, but opened curbside and free delivery. They'd never offered delivery before. And then she heavily invested in being able to put all of what she offers in her store online, using, you know, integrating with Shopify so that people can order online, they can call the store, they can pick it up, they can have it delivered, or they can have it shipped. So she made it really easy 
to interact with her business and she's not waiting for people to come she's out there all the time and she's made herself available so somebody can direct message her through social media app mostly Facebook and Instagram and she responds so people are asking questions and it could be on the weekend and she's responding and giving people certainty and ease she's accessible so wonderful story of a business that's expanding and I know other businesses that have been essential services and they've just been squeaking by mostly because they're not online at all they're not being they're not out there and their website's horrible once one company in particular one of my favorite stores in the whole world because it's a tack shop and of course I'm into horses one of my favorite and it's got the worst what you can't find what you're looking for even though you know they carry it because their search function is so bad on their website it's it's clunky it's ineffective and you know right now this is the time to make sure that you're accessible um, uh, there's uh, a new um, um, bakery that has just opened in Erin, Ontario, literally two weeks ago, and they can't keep their store stocked. They don't even have a website yet. It's all through social media. It's all through, they've got a Facebook page, and they, they literally opened. So it's a French bakery, French it's Bistro de Pain, and... Um, you know, they hired a young woman who's doing their social media and posting great pictures and, you know, the croissants and people are posting raving fans. And, and it's just, they literally have exploded. So um, apparently the, the um, owner had a crepe truck and used to go to like the horse shows and local events. She hasn't even set up her crepery yet because she's so busy. She sells out. <laughs> if you don't order ahead, she sells out by one o'clock. Um, so again, brick and mortar. Um, another example I love, this was actually an online business that became so successful that became a brick and mortar. They're the, the shoes, Allbirds. And uh, Madeline, have you heard of the, have you seen, heard of the shoes? No. They're, they're fun, funky. They've done a brilliant job. So it all started with, um, in New Zealand, wool. The demand for wool has significantly decreased. So the wool, the wool Council in New Zealand approached these two young entrepreneurs and said, what could you do to create a greater demand? So they literally created these shoes that whatever the sole is, it's, it's um, environmentally neutral, it's a great support, and the uppers were wool. And they're fun, they're funky, and they're called Allbirds. So they started with a really big social media campaign, and they, they're just so fun and funky that they exploded, demand exploded. Um, so and then they started, so they've got a wool, a line, and then they've got eucalyptus. So all of them are, you know, um, environmentally neutral, like carbon neutral production. Um, they ship it in a box that's completely recyclable, and it's all one, like the box and the thing. And they've got these fun, quirky all birds, and they're so good at interacting with you. That, like the email engagement from ordering were so great that I felt like I was talking to a human being and it's only been automated emails. But they did a great job of really understanding the voice of their brand and engaging and having fun with people. Um, I enjoyed that I've given them as gifts a couple times and um, uh, one I gave a pair to my mom and she loved them but they were the wrong size. No problem, she actually, by returning, contacting the company and returning them, she came away with an even better experience from the company because of how well it was taken care of. So they've been so successful online, they now have retail stores in major cities. So Amazing. 
right? That's, a, that's an online business that turned into a brick and mortar because of the success they have. But the key for brick and mortar is you cannot open your doors and expect people to come. You have to be engaged. You have to be positioning what you offer as a solution. And um, you have to be building relationships. And you need to be bringing people into you, not waiting for people to walk in your door. Okay, so I, I love those examples. And I'm, I'm going to be a little, well, I don't know what, what I'm being, but uh, my question is, okay, so, you know, you have um, essential services, um, you know, you've listed sort of the food industry. What about, like, the brick and mortar, like, you know, the hairstylist right now, or nail salons, or um, sort of the non-essential businesses that offer uh, solutions, but are seriously, like, they cannot function, right? So the government has said, no, you can't work, they can't operate, you know, you can't get a haircut online, you know, you can't, you can't have somebody do your nails for you through the computer. What about those types of businesses? What, you know, either what should they be doing? Like, should they be worried? Like, how, you know, let's, let's ease, let's give them something that they can kind of, you know, maybe um, feel like they're doing something towards yes. the business. So that, I would say that genre of brick and mortar, um, which is a service-based model, the good news for that industry is it's all coming back. You know, I haven't had a haircut since February. I can hardly wait, right? You know, so as soon as they're open, they're going to be booked for three months. Yeah. So it is coming back. There are some businesses that are going to be obsolete, and they're going to have to shift what they're doing and how they're positioning it. But a business like a, a hair salon, a nail salon, um, a physiotherapy office, all of those, they're going to, their services that because of the closeness of working with people, they've been put off kind of the re-entry, but the demand is there. The demand has not gone. They're, they're, you know, people still want their nails done and people still want the hair and people still need body work done. I, you know, can hardly wait until I can go back and have a massage. Um, there is going to be a challenging period that they're going to control numbers. I, I mean, listen, I, I personally recommend any business to plan on dealing with where we're at right now for the next 18 to 24 months. Hey, hopefully it's less, but really you should be planning in your business, which means when a hair salon opens up, they're going to have fewer people in the salon. You might have to do half. I, I you know, dog grooming, grooming was just opened up last week. So I'm thankful I have two dogs. One got in on Friday, one got in this morning. But normally they're, you know, two people working at a time in this little grooming area and they've got two dogs at a time going on. They're doing one dog at a time and they're taking longer doing it. They're not doing all the things. So instead of it taking an hour, it was closer to an hour and a half. Well, you know, now you're operating and you still have to pay rent, right? You still have, maybe you're bringing fewer of your people back online, fewer of the furloughing team back, you know, until there's a demand for it. So they're still on unemployment, but you still have to think through. So businesses like that, I think there's two pieces. One is um, one of the business mentors that I pay attention to is a man by the name of Keith Cunningham, and he's a financial guru. He was actually, when the Robert um, Kawasaki um, did his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Keith Cunningham is the rich dad. 
he's the, he's the example in the book Rich Dad. So he's a financial guru, and his latest book he published last fall was The Road Less Stupid, which mm. I never liked the title, but I, I've never forgotten it, and it's a great book. <laughs> but he came out in March saying every business should create a 13-week rolling P&L, so quarter by t at a time, week by week. So week by week, what are your, what's your revenue expectations? What are your fixed costs? What are your variable costs? And week by week, you should have, not, maybe not the nitty gritty, but the majority of incoming and outgoing and start to make some decisions. Like for example, if you're a brick and mortar and you're totally shut down, have you negotiated um, some kind of rent subsidy um, or, um, an, or deferment? And there are programs, I, and certainly in Canada, there are programs in place for um, uh, property owners that they get a break in order to pass it along, but you have to negotiate. It might take multiple conversations, but rent for brick and mortars and, and payroll are two major expenses that you have to deal with. So if obviously, hopefully by now, because we're in the end of May, you furloughed team members so that they're set them up on unemployment, they are being taken care of, and then you can start bringing them back as you, as you need, need to. But you really need to make projections for the next 13 weeks and update it every week. Make financial decisions today so that you have confidence to get through this and come out the other side, and including coming out that you may not be able to operate and get back to what your normal capacity was in the past. We have to really rethink things and challenge it. One of my, one of my favorite quotes, and I've, I've got two different uh, a U.S. senator who became the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, said after the September 2008 market crash, never waste a crisis. And Winston Churchill, towards the end of World War II, when he was meeting with um, Russia and America, and which ended up creating the United Nations, it was a conversation that led to the United Nations being formed, said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And that's always at the back. You need to project out financially and then make decisions today. And we're at a period of time that you can really, re all, during, after, dealing with a crisis, a crisis interrupts all patterns. So we've got so many assumptions going on about how we operate our business. And all of those assumptions right now have been broken up. So now we need to look at what do you need to do to take care of your business? What do you need to have in place? What decisions do you need to make? What conversations do you need to have so that you can have confidence to weather this and position yourself stronger coming out of it. But it's not going to happen without your attention. Absolutely, 100%. So what you've sort of described is, you know, making sure you're looking sort of at the financial piece. Uh, so kind of tip one, like you need to look at that. You can't not look at that going forward. Um, and then second piece, um, sounds like, you know, rethinking how you're going to um, provide value to the end user um, mm -hmm. and, and thinking about the different ways that you might be able to engage with that value. Um, you know, now would be a good time to think about, you know, is there some way of offering something online in a business, right? And, and just trying to expand you know, from your sort of like, I only operated this way and this is how we've operated since like 
time immemorial since, you know, opening the business, right? You may need to start rethinking what are some other things that I could be doing so that I'm not struggling so hard should something like this ever happen again, right? Um, 100%, 100%. I think that you just hit on an important piece and, and there's, there's two things. I think this is a really important time to be investing in you. This is a great time to be taking courses or, you know, getting into communities, listening to podcasts, because um, all of us have our preconceived, even if you know that all patterns have been interrupted, we don't even know the patterns that we're not even paying attention to because they're so automated. So if we're in some kind of a community or we're listening to podcasts, we're getting different perspectives, it opens up. This is a great time to really invest in yourself. And as an example, Madeline, I just, um, uh, one of my clients has a healing modality and he's always, his focus is, is training other practitioners. It's always been a hands-on workshop. Now, the good news is starting last year, because the goal is to take this global and uh, starting last year, he's invested heavily in creating all of the training content and video available online. So this is, you know, it's almost like he was set up for this because he had, you know, a two-day introductory, he calls it the foundation, scheduled for the end of March. Well, of course, that couldn't happen in person. And because there was so much online, they were able to really quickly um, adapt and use Zoom with breakout rooms and coaches and create a training, an experiential training that... Um, they could actually, you know, you could literally do a hands-on training with a patient and get coaching in a small breakout group to get the experience to make a decision if this was something they wanted to do or not. Never been, never even thought about doing it in the past, but this is actually, this capability that this does allows him to literally go global in a way that he wasn't able to do even with everything available online. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about um, something sort of important because, you know, like we're talking about all these things that, you know, need to do and, you know, rethinking, but I think there's a piece that we have to acknowledge that comes before that piece. Um, because it's really hard to motivate yourself to get into all of these things and think about all of these things without acknowledging the fact that a lot of business owners and, and anybody working for that business owner is going to experience a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I can say personally, like I've been grieving probably up until like three days ago when I finally decided to pull, you know, pull my head out of the sand, you know, like I've been putting on, I've been putting on a smiling face. I'm on social media. I'm making videos. I'm, putting out blogs, I'm putting out content, I'm, you know, I'm putting that smile on, but, you know, to be honest with you, inside, it's been nothing but um, a struggle, really, up until, you know, three days ago, you know, and I think we do need to acknowledge that you kind of need to, like, I feel like you have to go through that, and, and, and you need to experience, and you need to spend time there, um, and if you get stuck there, obviously, seeking professional help, but, you know, it can also be the fire, that lights up 
you know, the next phase, right? Um, are you seeing that, you know, like, obviously you're a business coach, right? So you're talking with lots and lots of entrepreneurs. Like, is it just me? Is it, is it everyone? You know, like, I feel like most of us are like, it must just be me. Yeah, I, I think it's a really, really important point. Um, and I think it's everyone. I think it's school kids not being able to see their friends and adapting to learning online and not having the resources in place. Um, uh, and it's interesting, you know, as a business reinvention strategist, um, this is exciting. I, you know, I actually think, so a couple things, I'm going to make a statement and then come back to the whole conversation around grief because it, um, this is not an unprecedented event. Listen, the magnitude of it, the global impact in my lifetime, absolutely. We could probably go back and say World War II and the Spanish flu pandemic after World War I, maybe similar scale, um, but certainly in my lifetime, the scale of it. But it's that we go through crisis and change is not unprecedented. We did that with the market crash in 2008. And 9-11 caused a lot of repercussions in many different ways. Um, uh, you know, the internet bubble burst. There was a recession, you know, at the end of the 80s, early 90s, when, you know, all the microprocessing started to replace all the middle management layers. Um, the oil embargo in the 70s, the Vietnam War. I mean, there's, there's so many ups and downs. Every time there's a crisis, the crisis interrupts the status quo and breaks patterns. Every time, and there's a chaos, there's a, there's a chaos after the crisis as we figure out what the new rules are, we figure out what the norm, we have to reposition and, you know, and businesses that, that figure out how to lean into it come out as leaders emerging from that. Businesses that don't go out of business or, or get sold. Um, so the interesting thing, though, if you study crises, whether it's a, a, a uh, a crisis in the market or a technology disruption. If you study the disruption every single time after we've adapted to it, there's always an expansion. There's a greater level of abundance for everyone every single time, hundreds of years of data. So I'm excited. I actually think we're going to look back on the periods of time today. And I'm not talking about the human cost because obviously that's severe. And, um, but I think we're going to look back on this period of time as an essential shift that's happening that really positions us for the opportunity that we're moving forward into. Again, I said my experience is that it's accelerated a trend that was already happening. And I think we're going to see coming out as businesses coming out of this, we have the opportunity if we reposition to what's evolving as the new rules, if you will, and can align our business to it, I think the opportunity is to really literally align with what the future is bringing us and emerge as leaders taking our whole community forward. So I say all of that to say I'm excited about what the opportunity is and I still have to manage grief. There's a grief on you know, not being able to see family members, there's a grief on all of the patterns and some of it I spent years putting in place structure and resources that really supports me. It's all gone. You know, um, I've done a happy dance because in the last week as we started to have some easement of restrictions, I could have my cleaning lady come and I could take my dogs in to be groomed. Both of those were, you know, just 
tough to navigate for me. Um, and um, so, you know, there's, there's grieving life the way we knew it, even if we're excited about the change. And, um, you know, I pulled up the Kubler-Ross five stages of grief, and, and I just thought it was a really important. And it, it's um, the five stages are denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. And apparently the people behind the five stages have added there's, a, there's actually a sixth stage that really is that you've come out of following acceptance is finding meaning. You start finding meaning in the change or the challenge. Uh, and I liked it. it uh, you know, I'd recommend actually people take a look at the five stages in the graph of the five stages of grieving because the main descriptive words of the stages didn't really speak to me. But things like in denialers, avoidance, confusion, elation, shock, fear. You just see a lot of fear going on right now. Under anger, there's frustration, irritation, anxiety. Under depression, it's overwhelm, helplessness, hostility, flight. So some of those other descriptive words rather than the main staged words really spoke to, I've gone through a lot of that. And again, I just, even though I'm excited, there's still a grieving process. So what I've, what I've, how I'm approaching it is just literally have grace, have grace with myself. One of the main, my main messages to business owners is have grace with yourself and you know, do things to take care of yourself. I very, I had to get back and form habits because my habits all went out the window with all the patterns. So making sure I get enough sleep, getting up and reinforcing that morning routine. Um, you know, what's, what support do I need to have in place that I literally can take my best self and support having grace with myself because it is absolutely every single person I've talked to, even my friend, whose business farm to paw is expanding right now, still had to go through, you know, the challenges and the worrying about her staff and, and, you know, what was going to happen and was she going to be shut down or, you know, there's still all of that, even if, you know, you're coming through this as expanding. Yeah, I, I think it's important. And I like that you brought out some of those descriptor words because you know, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't necessarily associate myself with the, you know, main descriptor word. But when you start diving a little deeper into some of the other feelings and emotions, it's like, yep, I was there. Yep, yep, I was there just not too long ago. And like, I'm, you know, hopefully ready to take that next step into the next, you know, next phase. Um, I, wanna, I just want to, I would yeah. just want to put something in there, Madeline, because sure. It, and one of the things with the Kubler-Ross grief cycle is it's not linear. You go back and forth. So even that I know this and even that I can see myself, I still have moments. Oh, I absolutely. Tired. Yeah. So again, that's kind of having grace, recognizing where we are, because by recognizing it, we can then make a choice. Absolutely. Uh, awareness is half the battle, right? You, you need to be aware of kind of what's happening in order to make the best decisions moving forward. Um, I want to loop back to something you started talking about at the beginning of the podcast, which is customer-centric solutions. Um, I really want to talk about that because, you know, as a service provider or a goods provider, right, we think about, like, the service as, like, the thing that we're selling, um, so I think, you know, if we're going to be shifting, you know, what, what does a custom, 
customer-centric solution look like? Like, what's the wording? How are we, how, how should people be framing themselves? Very good, great question. Um, so a couple things. Uh, the first I'm gonna say, and this has been my recommendation to any entrepreneur I've talked to, whether they're excelling, minimal, minimally operating, or shut down, is identify your 10 best customers. It doesn't have to be best of all time, but 10 really good customers and set up a connection call. Zoom call, phone call, doesn't matter. Set up a connection call. Don't try and sell anything, just check in. Where are they? How are they doing? Is there anything you're excited about? Is there anything they're worried about? You know, what's kind of where, is there anything giving them confidence? So have a connection call. And I say that because if you talk to 10 of your clients just connecting, they will tell you what they value from you and they will tell you what they need. And you applying your wisdom, your experience, your talents to their needs is your opportunity for growth. And maybe you do it through delivering your service. That, I, I think what you sell, your product or service is just a vehicle for you to deliver value. It's not your business. Your business is the results you produce. So Madeline, you're a physical therapist. Right? Yep. You're a physiotherapist. Yep. So, but you have a particular talent, right? That, so people go to you because you create some kind of outcome from that. That's your business and how you deliver it is physiotherapy. But it's not, it's not just you're a physiotherapist and everyone's the same. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, my, my goals are always, you know, as best as possible to, you know, empower my clients to see a vision of a future, you know, a health related future that they're not seeing right now. And I'm using my tools and my knowledge to help them navigate this transfer, you know, this transformation to living the life that they want to live. Right. Cause at the end of the day, like, okay, I, you know, I sneeze and I pee myself. Like that's, it, it's a problem. Yes. And I'm here to solve that problem, but the problem is a much greater like I think about it greater. It's like, well, what is you, you know, leaking when you sneeze preventing you from doing, right? Mm -hmm. It's preventing me from running with my kids. It's preventing me, um, you know, I have to spend extra money on these products. You know, I'm always worried when's, when's it going to happen, right? And so it's a distraction, right? Um, so, you know, providing, so, you know, the solution, the value is that, you know, thinking more clearly can be more active, can you know, be exercising, can be doing the things you want to be doing without having to worry about this problem in the background. So mm -hmm. 100%. Yep. Ab absolutely. One of the rules of thumb is that your clients don't even know the questions to ask to make an effective decision. We tend to take for granted. We think that everyone knows what we know. We forget that they don't even know how to make a decision. So sometimes a business um, creates value just by asking a series of probing questions that help someone make an effective decision or take a forward course of action. And it's, it's a, it can be as simple as buying a TV. You know, the last time I bought a TV, I, you know, had the big clunker and uh, I'm not an early adapter, so I'm not usually out when the new technology, but of course everyone had these flat screen big TVs. And I thought, yeah, you know, I'd like, I thought I'd spend about $400. I was lucky enough that we had a, uh, if, I, if I know I don't know how to make a decision, then my uh, methodology is to go and 
you know, go to three different stores. So I went to three different stores that carried TVs. And luckily at the time there was a, there was a small mom and pop shop in Georgetown and somebody who stopped and took the time to talk to me and they said, um, well, how big is the room you want to put your TV in? Like, oh, never thought, never thought of that. No one's asked me that question. And then they said, what do you like to watch on TV? You know, is it sports? Is it drama? It's like, turns out you need different TVs because there's a different amount of action. And then they, um, uh, uh, and then they, you know, started talking about sound. And, and so I ended up spending $1,200. Thought I would spend $400. I got sold on the new, at the time it was new LED technology. And I got sold on, you know, that it was more cost effective. It wouldn't heat up. And if something happens, you could just replace the little bulb, not the whole thing. Um, and it was, it was just really interesting because turns out I love my team and they set it up for me and it's a whole home theater. Um, but I wouldn't even know, known. I was just looking for something that was flat and, you know, I walked away happy with spending three times what I expected, but happy with my purchase. That's amazing. My dogs, uh, of course, there's a delivery. So my dogs are going. So I've been on mute this whole time to like trying to listen. Give, give me a second here. Anyways, this, this is the life. And, you know, they keep knocking. And it's like, if I'm not coming to the door, there's probably a reason why that's not happening. Um, so you just, Madeline, you just talked about the reason we're all working from home these days. And this, that's part of it. <laughs> so I'm going to ask my question and then I'll put myself back on mute, which is, um, um, let's talk about your book. Tell us about your book. Great. Thank you. So my book that came out the end of January is called Up Solutions, Turning Your Team into Heroes and Your Customers into Raving Fans. So I really, um, I wrote the book for independent business owners and their key team members. And a lot of the examples in the book are brick and mortar. You know, examples of, of brick and mortar who really, you know, positioned for the value they provide, not just what they sell. And, you know, how to escape being commoditized. I, um, uh, I, you know, one of my main points is that um, uh, most business owners, in my experience, when I first talked to them, are playing the wrong game of business. They're trying to compete with the national chains. And if you're trying to compete with the national, national chains, you're focused on selling a product or service and you're being commoditized. You're being forced to compete on price. But here's the thing. The chains can't play your game of business. Your game of business is focused on creating solutions, creating value and building relationships. So shifting your thinking of your business from transactional to relationships and from sales to solutions. And your team needs to be on board with that because your team members are the ones who are delivering and interacting with your customers most of the time. So interesting, of course, the book came out and was written before, you know, we've been in business lockdown and dealing with crisis and chaos. And, and what's interesting is, Everything that's in the book is still relevant. I think it's actually more important than ever. I'm going to have to adapt the intro, I think, to bring in the fact that we're dealing with, when you're dealing with crisis and the chaos that ensues. The chaos is just that all the patterns have been interrupted. And so we have the opportunity to reposition and realign our business. So it's a, it's a massive uh, opportunity. And part of that is being able to rethink or shift your mindset and engage your team 
so that they uh, pay attention to the solutions you provide and building relationships rather than transactions. And that's why you're talking about, you know, customer centric, right? Like really kind of finding out what's behind, you know, like digging a little deeper beyond, you know, the, the, the problem, right? You know, it's like, I need a haircut, but if you dive deeper, right, you know, me getting my hair done is really important for me because I'm in the process of trying to record an online program and, you know, I, I, you know, I don't want my hair all like this show, you know, like there's, there's something usually much deeper underneath, you know? Um, so yes, you're providing me a haircut, but you're also making me feel better. You're making me feel more confident that I can show up, um, in the way that I want to show up. Right. And so I guess what you're saying is if you sort of position your marketing and position your, um, the way that you're expressing value, right. Changing it from like, you know, I sell shampoo. I mean, there's 500 different brands of shampoo, right? What is the solution, right? And, and so that's, that's fantastic. Everything, everything that is sold, you can think of it. There's a two sides. One is product service and the other is the why people are buying it. You have to connect into the why people are buying it. And I love the example of a hairdresser. So, um, 14 years ago, I moved out from Toronto. I used to live in downtown Toronto, and I moved out to a small town outside called Georgetown. And um, I still go to Toronto for my hairdresser. Why? I, you know, it's like we had this, I had this conversation with him, what's unique? You know, lots of people cut hair, obviously, and lots of people, you know, there's different. But um, my hairdresser, Steve, it's just like he sees the beauty in people. And so it's like when he cuts hair, he pulls out and you leave feeling like a million bucks. Um, and it really was apparent once that um, he had some kind of surgery on his elbow and he couldn't work for a while. And so he had somebody else in his salon that I went to and I walked out with this chunky, I felt 10 years older. And, you know, it's just probably how he saw me, but he cut my hair and I walked out feeling older. Steve, I walk out, I feel like a million bucks. So I still hike into Toronto, deal with the traffic, and go and see him because I feel like a million bucks leaving him. So he's not selling a haircut. Yeah. He's selling the confidence and feeling like a million bucks. Absolutely. Um, let's talk a, couple, a, a little bit about some of the themes in your book. So obviously you're talking about up solutions and trying to uh, create value, customer centric. What are some, you know, like if somebody's reading this book, what can they expect to find in this book or learn about in this book? Oh, thank you. Um, so the first three, well, there's an introduction. Then the first three chapters are actually about mindset shifts and different way of looking at your business. The first is, which is interesting given where we are today, is that there's always an opportunity in change. Literally every time change, whether it's imposed or by choice, you disrupt the pattern. So if you're on a particular you know, trajectory in your business, that you know, when you have an interruption change, you have an opportunity to change the trajectory. And so there's an opportunity in change. And I like to say that, um, not that I originated this, but you know, when one door closes, another door opens. Well, and I find is we spend so much time, you know, looking at the closed door. Why did it close? How did this happen? 
that we forget to turn around and look at what's the opportunity that this is made available because there always every change creates a new opportunity we have to look for it. Uh, the next uh, mindset is the importance of your customers so if you want to have if you want to attract people to your store or to your business you have to find out who are your customers and it's really important to know who they are not you know everyone that can draw a breath right you have to figure out because if you're trying to be everything to everyone you're not actually going to be a solution to your target audience so you need to find who are your best fit customers I like to say that they're who you enjoy working with they value what you do and they're willing to pay you for that so really get to know who they are and then build that relationship um, what are their needs because if you know who your customers are and you're paying attention to what they're saying they will always tell you what the next opportunity is for you because you solving creating solutions for their needs will always be the what next and then the third mindset shift is recognizing the wisdom in your business any team member that's worked within a company for three months or more is an expert compared to customers. Again, back to customers don't even know the questions to ask to make an effective buying decision um, or even to understand what the outcomes possible are. So if you know that and understand that, then all of a sudden this is where you position your team as heroes to your customers because they become solution specialists so their job and the fourth chapter is the actual up solutions recipe for your team to use which is basically what do you already know about people when you cross paths with them based on working with so many different customers and clients what do you know about them and based on your um, educated observation asking probing questions to find out what their needs are just a series of questions to uncover what's important to them and what why did they come in and then providing the absolution and telling them why. And then the fourth is just a relationship development. And what's important with the relationship is really thinking from what else might they need? When should they hear from me? How do we develop this into a trusted solution partner that your customers interact with you as a trusted solution partner rather than transactional? And then the last, you know, the rest of the book is really on the skill sets, setting your team up to win, good communication, um, hearing, you know, making sure when the communication with your customers and your team that you're hearing the message, not just the words. Awesome. Can you tell us about where to get the book? Thanks, Madeline. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's actually, it's available um, online in, um, in the States. It's available amazon.com and uh, Barnes and Noble, and in Canada, Amazon.ca, and Chapters Indigo. And uh, it actually is in some, of course, we can't get into stores at the moment, but hopefully that will change in the next month. It actually is in some of the Indigo stores. So some of the stores are carrying it as well, but it's easily available, easily available online. Amazing. I just made a dart for the backyard. They can go bark all they want inside. I mean, I don't know, you know, Plus like it's, it's sunshine. It's so quiet all the time. And then like, of course, you know, I'm trying to do this. Thank, thank God for the mute button. I swear. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I have a copy of your book and, uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't had a chance to sit down and read it, but, uh, you know, thinking about, um, you know, moving forward as I'm creating these different products or, and services, you know, available online, you know, I'm going to take a look at some of those probing questions and, uh, cause you know, part of 
my thought process before I launch the program is, you know, finding, as you said, 10 people, getting them to go through my program and provide feedback, right? Um, and then using those probing questions as a way to fine tune, you know, for launching, right? Um, so it's not necessarily just for somebody who's already, it's for anybody, right? Whether yes. you're in the game or you're thinking about getting in the game. Yes. Um, you said that in um, one of the business owners that I interact with, actually my personal trainer comes to mind. So I have a personal trainer who's for the last four years comes to my house. That's how I work out, you know, talking about structure I need to have in place. If she doesn't show up, I don't work out. So she comes to my house. Of course, she can't come to my house. So what was great is that she immediately segued to offering the personal, the personal training by Zoom. And it's worked out incredibly well. There's, a, you know, we just, I placed my iPad and um, she, it, it's really, it's the exact same experience except I have to put my own weights away. It's the only difference. But she's also a fascial stretch therapist. And so she has a whole bunch of stretch clients, fascial stretch clients, and she can't do that. But what she's done is she's started to do stretch classes by Zoom and she started to, she has got together with a bunch of practitioners, a natural health practitioners, and they've created an, an e-zine, like a, an online magazine. And so she's writing articles and then she's selling programs. So once or twice a week and you can buy one or you can buy multiple that you, you pay her for and it's a group stretch class. Um, that you can do live or do recorded afterwards. But so she's now started by talking to people and finding out what do they miss and, you know, what would they need and how can she offer it. And so she's come back now with solutions. And the same thing, I did a stretch class with her a couple weeks ago and um, it was great. I mean, I could feel, I could feel the difference in my movement before and after the class. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, finding, you know, finding different, uh, different things. And I mean, I've, I've started doing a similar thing, you know, um, of course, you know, I attempted to do it live, but with children and dogs and spouses and everybody home, I quickly realized that live right now is not as great for me. So I, I so I just switched into, um, you know, pre-recording it and then I'm going to post it up once a week and, gain some feedback from the people who have watched it. And, you know, if people like it, then make that into, you know, something that's available that's online that just adds an additional revenue stream, but provides people solutions, right? Cause they got kids at home and, you know, even with reopening, um, you know, not everybody's going to be a willing to go out, be able to go out for an hour class. So, you know, finding those solutions uh, for people to keep their body bodies moving, um, you know, that's that's what we're, we're what we're trying to work on. Um, so we know where your book is. Um, obviously, there are businesses in all sorts of different various levels. Um, some people you know, are at a point where they need extra support. Other people, you know, are thinking about how do I make the next step forward and you're a reinvention, right? Was it reinvention? Mm -hmm. saying that? Yeah, right. yep. So, you know, where can people find you? Where can people follow you? Where can they access, you know, different resources to learn more about, you know, how you help businesses? 
Great, thank you. Absolutely. Well, a couple things. First of all, um, I'd like to, uh, there's my website, which is pattymara.com, P-A-T-T-I-M-A-R-A.com. And uh, Madeline, I've set up um, a, um, a special page for your listeners. So if you go to pattymara.com forward slash living a better life, um, there, right there, you can, there's a button to buy the book. There's, um, and you can download a, an exercise that I created. It's called the Touchpoint Scorecard. And it's specifically designed to enable you to see your business from your customer's perspective and start at each touch point, determine what's the experience you're creating and is it aligned with the value you provide? Does it add to it or does it take away? It's a really simple exercise, but it builds the muscle to look at your business from your customer's perspective. And there's also, if you scroll further down on the same page, there is a, um, a video, a training video to help you use that tool and your team can watch it. And then there's also an invitation. If you would like more, if you want to engage, I've created a Facebook, a private Facebook community around Up Solutions. Um, and then that's, you know, if you want to do that, I'm posting a lot of resources um, articles and we're having good conversations in there again one of my pieces and I just love Madeline your podcast because I think this is so essential right now is you know please don't do this alone yeah. uh, I find right now we're just so isolated we really need to be in communication in community you know hearing things in a different way that spurs our thinking I need that for myself. Everyone, I, my experience is everyone needs that. We need a sounding board. We need a different perspective. We, sometimes we have a brainstorm because somebody else shared their idea and what they're doing. So, you know, it's kind of like, let's not go through this on our own. Let's, what do we need? So how we can support each other. So I really think we have the opportunity to lead our communities out of this, to really lead our communities forward. Yes, and I absolutely agree. Don't uh, go through this, uh, you know, alone. Like I, you know, I'm part of a group of, you know, female um, owned and operated physio clinics, right? Like we're helping to uplift each other and, you know, be a sounding board and be our group therapy. I mean, it's, it's everything kind of meshed into one and, you know, I'm so grateful for that. So, you know, really connecting into groups who are, you know, thinking about business and thinking about how to move things forward is going to be, you know, can be very catalyzing. Um, that or just reassuring that you're on the right path, right? Like just getting some feedback, like, yeah, you're doing what you need to do and just like keep going. Um, so for our listeners, of course, uh, the links to the website and the link to get the the um, touchpoint scorecard uh, will be available also in the show notes. If you're, you know, driving or don't have a pen and paper close by, um, if you go to the description of the podcast, the links will be there. Patty, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. Uh, I think it's just really important to, you know, give a beacon. You know, people need it sort of like a beacon of light to, you know, just know that that, that a beacon exists, right? Because sometimes, you know, when we're in that grief and we're in that dark sort of moment, you know, it's really hard to see the light, but it is there. Um, and I think this conversation hopefully is that beacon of light for, for business owners. So thank you so much. Wonderful, Madeline. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. 
I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation and you know, it certainly makes me think about my business. Uh, so I'm forever grateful. Uh, and of course, I'm also grateful for our listeners, um, you know, making, you know, subscribing, liking, listening, you know, I encourage you to share because, you know, there's so many business owners right now that are in various degrees of, you know, in their business. And, you know, this could be the message that they need to hear. So you sharing it out, if it sparks their interest, you know, you might be really helping somebody along. So, um, so definitely share the episode. And if you're not subscribed, you know, I encourage you to subscribe because, you know, we have wonderful guests coming on on a weekly basis, talking about all different topics about living a better life. So until then, I say goodbye for now and until next time. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.